everyone. Welcome to Coach Out Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And here's what we've got lined up for you this week. Thrive so that they, you know, everybody works their best when they're feeling good, when they feel they belong somewhere, when they feel they're included somewhere. So it's it's all these factors. And I kind of think, I look upon it like a bit of a drawstring purse, really. You've got the person in the middle and you've got all these different people around them. So you'll have your coaches, your physios, your medics, you know, all these different people. And I'd be the one who was pulling it all together. That's the key to make them think, oh, hang on. Yeah, I can actually pull one leg out. And then when we've got one leg out, we can think about pulling the other leg out. And when we've done that, we can think about how much further up the hill we are. Coach Help is here to help you. Do you want guidance on your own personal development? Do you want to reflect better? Coach Help's primary focus is to help teachers, practitioners and coaches to do this. Get in touch today to set up a free consultation and ask any questions. You can follow us on Twitter at CoachHelp3 or email us at CoachHelp123 at gmail.com. Hi Anna, hope you're well there. Thanks for joining me on the Coach Out podcast. Um, just really briefly to start, just give us a little bit of an insight into you and obviously what you're kind of doing at the minute. Okay, yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's great to be here. Um, I'm a leadership coach, which is about talking to people, understanding people and getting really to the core of them and what they're about. And it's a completely holistic approach because I feel that's, um, so important to make the best and to reach your actual potential. So I spend time talking to people one-to-one on the whole, um, and quite often they will bring themselves to me. They, they've sort of recognised that they've got all this coaching going on, all these nutritionists, these doctors, um, but they recognise that there's one area that they're not quite fulfilling, Um you know it, these days it's common knowledge that a tennis player for example will will have somebody working behind the scenes with them on confidence on awareness on communication on body language all of these things um and i think some of the players are now beginning to realize that that actually is a part that they need to be working on um now the difference is to talking to a group of people is when it's one to one you're completely focusing on that person and what's going to work for them because it's not about me, it's not about anybody else, it's about that individual. So you're pulling together all the different parts of their lives um, in order to get the best from them. Brilliant. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. No, so I'm, I was going to like, my next question, my first question was basically going to be like, what is coaching to you? So in terms of everything you said there, would you say that's basically like an overview of everything that you do? Yeah, yeah. Coaching to me, if I was describing that, it would be it was people reaching their potential. It would be increasing their awareness, um, improving their communication. It's all about growth and learning their growth and their learning. Um, it's about the systems that they've grown up in and that they live their life in, because all of that will affect them and affect their their performance, their life in general, how happy they are. So it's family, it's friends, it's the club, it's any other club they may be involved in. Um, at the core of it, you've got the, that individual's beliefs and their values um, because all of those things that they've grown up with 
all have to be working in the right way to actually reach your potential it might be something in there that holds you back so it's it's getting over something that's making you stuck so confidence for example if you're not feeling confident you're not going to reach your full potential so it's finding what what is it what's that little key that's going to unlock that that problem for that person um so there's a lot of exploring goes on um and Sometimes they'll have an, a particular issue that they want to talk about, but quite often, whatever they start talking about is not what we end up talking about. It's a sort of preamble and they gradually open up and you gradually get to learn more about them and they learn more about themselves and they learn how to reflect on what they're doing. But basically it is, it's all about transformational change because there's a lot of talk about you know, just putting a sticking plaster on a problem to make it better in the short term, but that is not going to help in the long term. So we want to look at everything coming from the client. I always say it's the, it's not the tools for football, it's the tools for life, because you've got everybody around you you need for football. I'm looking at how you put all of that together and make life improve for yourself so that you are actually doing everything to the best of your abilities. So we're looking for transformational change. And the best way to get that is if the client themselves comes up with the solutions. So it's not about me or my knowledge. I'm not superior to them in any way, shape or form. It's about them coming up with the answers. Okay. So really what I do is create the right environment for them to, be, to feel comfortable to do that. And that is one of the core things that's required is a sense of trust between me and, and the client. I have to create that environment so that they can feel they can open up, that they, they can talk. It's all confidential. All of this is, is laid out before we ever start. I always have a sort of session, a half hour session with someone where we just talk about what I do, talk about what they do, have a bit of a general chat. They start to sort of relax a little bit and, and, and talk to me. And you, you very quickly you know yourself when you when you get talking to someone you very quickly um have a sense of how you feel about them and and if they trust you they are going to start opening up more and telling you a little bit more that can tend to take a few sessions as well before you really start getting to the root of any problem that might be there so by the client identifying a problem and then me asking certain questions in certain ways to make them think deeper and deeper about that problem, they start to come up with the solutions themselves. Because yeah. if I just said what I think they should do, that would be what worked in my life with all my history and things I've done in the past. It's, it's, so it has to come from them. So they start coming up with the solutions themselves, uh, which, which is fascinating and as an observer, you, you see this process happening on their faces. I actually, I know I'm talking a lot at the moment, but in a session, I talk very little. I actually just set things going and you then wait for the, the person to start thinking it through. Yeah. Um, in fact, that's quite a good exercise to try because most people don't listen properly. They don't listen deeply. Um, and you can try this yourself. Just get, get with one other person, decide on a topic, and think, okay, right, you talk about that topic for, say, I don't know, four minutes, and the other person has to remain silent, looking intently, listening intently, 
but not say a word. And you'd be amazed at about 30 or 40 seconds in how you, you want to say something. You want to jump in and say, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Or, oh, I get that. Or, oh, I did this when it happened to me. It's the natural thing to do. But when we do that, we interrupt that thinking process. And, you know, you can't always regain that. And, and the, the silence makes the person think deeper and deeper and I always say to people before we start you know there will be silences just think about what we're talking about and go deeper and deeper and and if, and you see moments where they they come back to you and say something and you can see the layers falling away as they start, start to decide on on a pathway that's going to work for them that's interesting because again just from everything you've kind of said there like your enthusiasm towards kind of psychology where does that come from, Anna? So what was the start point for you in terms of, I want to go down this path and was there kind of a moment in you where this is something you really thought you could help people with? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I started very much from a healthcare background and um, I started off in nursing and I was an A&E nurse. So I was in a very stressful environment. Um, as you can imagine, it's, it's fast-paced, um, it's non-stop. Um, and it literally is life and death. And I loved it. I really loved it. But I also loved the the psychological side of that. And I often wondered, well, what's that person going to feel like afterwards? You know, they've just broken nearly every bone in the body in some major accident. And I'd go up to the ward several weeks later and, and see them. And, and they'd never remember me because they were in a state of trauma at the time. And I used to be fascinated by this and how they were coping. So I did a, a psychology degree at the same time because it just intrigued me, the whole psychology behind how we function. Um, and when I got to the stage at the end, towards the end of the degree where you have to do a dissertation, I decided to do it on stress and coping um, in an A&E department. So it was quite complex. I had to come up with a questionnaire that was going to cover all sorts of, of aspects of how the staff feel stressed and how the, or, or how much they feel stressed and what they do to cope with it. And unsurprisingly, the results were that everybody was stressed and everybody were using inappropriate and unhealthy methods in order to try and cope with it. So, you know, they'd, they'd finish a busy shift and they'd go and have a couple of glasses of wine or a few beers or which is a temporary fix. It makes you feel better in the short term, but actually you wake up next morning and you're slightly sluggish and you have to drag yourself in. And so these are all inappropriate methods. Um, now, the more I have been involved in the sort of football and sports scene, football in particular is the area I, I'm interested in, um, the more you're hearing that this is a big issue. Now it's a big problem in the industry because there's so many pressures and, that's not I'm not just talking about players I'm talking about the whole the whole thing the whole club every single member of, in that club the pressures are huge um, and so you, yeah there's more and more ex-players ex-managers now talking about the strain that they were under and how they now realize that they used inappropriate ways and unhealthy ways made the wrong choices which didn't help them so now it's about trying to make changes happen and, and make it a much healthier environment for people so they can thrive so that they, you know, everybody works their best when they're feeling good, when they feel they belong somewhere, when they feel they're included somewhere. So it's, it's all these factors. And I kind of think, I look upon it like a bit of a drawstring purse, really. You've got the person in the middle 
and you've got all these different people around them. So you'll have your coaches, your physios, your medics, you know, all these different people. And I'd be the one who was pulling it all together because that person is the one in the middle and you've got all these around them. And I'm trying to make all those links click together because it's the person, it's the individual and everybody will have their own way of viewing a problem. Yeah. That ties in really nicely because again, just from your experiences going into kind of the topic we're going to discuss around kind of developing performance through like individual psychology. I think that's a good place to start in terms of, again, I can kind of envisage what your answer is going to be, but, where does well-being fit within coaching? It's massive. <laughs> Obviously, I would say that, but it's yeah. massive because if you don't have that sense of well-being, it will affect you in every other way. And a simple example would be, you know yourself, if you have a bit of an argument at home before you go into work, whatever you do, you're driving in the car, you, you're sort of going over that argument and you're angry still and you're sort of chunnering away to yourself about it all. And you get to the car park, you, you sort of think, okay, I'm at work now, and you sort of put a smile on your face and you go in and you try and get on with your day. But at the back of your mind, it's there. You still, because it's not been resolved, you're still feeling slightly uneasy, slightly angry. So you might outwardly look like you're okay, and you are functioning and you are doing your job and you're getting it all done, but you're not quite present. You're not, there's a little bit of you that's not. Now, for most of us, that's okay. We manage, we can, we can deal with that. And, and it doesn't, so it's not detrimental to our career as we go along. If you're an elite sports person or you're a person around that person, then it is going to affect them because seconds matter. You know, everything is is so stressed in, in that world that if you're not 100% pres present, then it will have an impact on your performance. It's, even if it's just holding you back that, that fraction of second or not observing something that you would have observed before. So you maybe don't see that pass that you would have noticed. You would have seen by their body language how they were going to move. But because you're not 100% there, you miss it. So there's consequences. So it's it's learning how to deal with that. It's learning the tools for whole of life so that, it, you know, all of these impact. And, and when I say it's everybody in the club, it literally is everybody in the club. Yeah. Because if you think about, um, I'm sure you've been in a scenario where there's been a group of people there and somebody's a bit slightly down for whatever reason. And they start talking and you almost feel the energy flow away a little bit from the group it might have been quite chirpy and chatty and then you can feel that there's a bit of a downer a bit slight energy dip and the opposite happens if you've got somebody who bounces into the room saying well what a great day I'm really happy I'm having this this is going that that's happening you know, all these things are going really well and everybody's keyed up everybody's buoyed up so if you think of that in terms of football you've got your footballer there if you've got your physios talking to them or your medics talking to them or your coach talking to them and they're full of energy, they're happy, they are loving their job, they're interested in you, they're, they're, they feel like they are involved in the whole club, then that is the energy that player will get. Yeah. Whereas if you've got somebody who's just slightly off and out of kilter, people pick up on it. And it's all these little bits. You know, I'm using that as a big example, but it tends to be little bits. It's little things. 
um, but a lot of little things add up over time. Is it a short term a short term solution or a short term argument to say that you can use a sport as like a release? So you might have had this bad day, or a staff member might not be feeling too good. But then when they actually go and coach the session, or the player joins in in the session, that can give them a little bit of a lift, even though they've had obviously bad things going on during the day before or after. Oh, absolutely, yes. And and because generally people involved in anything like this are passionate about what they do. So yes, they will generally, it will spark them to feel good and that will, you know, snowball and they do improve and they feel better. But I'm talking more about when there's a drip, drip, drip effect yeah. of a problem. So, you know, um, it's like stress in general. Um, if we're all designed to have stress, stress is an important part of our life and it makes us react quickly when we need to. So if a bus is coming along, you get a burst of stress, jump out of the way before it flattens you. That's good. We want that. That's that's all a very good thing. But if you've got an underlying stress that is causing a problem and it may be a relationship problem in the background that's just slightly impacting all the time. You may maybe maybe a person's child's ill or they've just lost a parent. You know, there's some big thing going on in their life or it can be little things that are not quite working for them. What one of the. One of the things we look for a great deal with my form of coaching is is a person's values and a person's beliefs, because where they stand with that is what's going to affect their whole life. And one of the problems that often happens is that we form our coping mechanisms and our way of dealing with problems when we're little. And we do that surrounded by our family and they've formed it from their parents and so it goes on so you get these traditions in families and ways of dealing with things and and it can be fine and it certainly works well at that point but that child gradually grows up and they may may have slightly different views or slightly different beliefs but if they don't recognize that they maybe need to change their their ways of coping they just carry on doing the same old thing because it's worked in the past and sometimes they don't realize that it's actually holding them back because if they just reassessed how they look at a problem and how it now works for them in their current life, sometimes a tiny tweak can make a massive difference. Interesting. And then, so how do we sustain that? So if we're talking about performance, how do we keep that kind of level consistently high? Well, again, that, would have to come from the client themselves yeah so you what we're talking about here is 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 like this transformational change so it's it's finding the right tools that that person can then use going forward to always try and have the best possible situation for themselves now obviously i'm not saying that, that life's wonderful forevermore afterwards but they learn to understand themselves. They learn to understand their own emotions. Emotions are there for a reason. And if you just try and squash them down and put a plaster over it and temporarily feel better, it will temporarily work. But if you keep doing that, it's not going to work. It will undermine you. So it's learning what's going to work for you so that your emotions work for you instead of against you. So how do you kind of build them? interventions or then processes in place with an individual 
obviously I know you've got to have, you've got to have buy-in. Obviously the individual's got to believe in the process. How do you work towards that? Right. Well, yes, they have to believe in the process, but that's where this chemistry session right at the beginning where we just have a yeah. chat and it's that's where that's important. And quite often the fact that they've come to me in the first place means they're already at a place that they want something to happen or they recognise they need to do something or they don't have a problem, but they want to make the best of their life rather than, you know, something perhaps holding them back slightly interestingly more recently i found a lot of younger people um coming to me for exactly that they've not been sent they've worked it out themselves and i don't know whether that's because there's more talk of well-being within clubs for example uh, a lot of places now have people there in the club so there's more talk going on or whether they're reading it in social media or, or whatever but there are a lot more younger people working out themselves that they need that time and space to work on this part of them themselves so to sustain that or to make them engage in that that's where um you've got to get to know the person and that's where this works for everybody you know the more you understand that person the more you can let they feel that they belong and are comfortable in in the place that they're working and then the better it's going to be for everybody so there's techniques that you can use and, um, you know, it, it's from my point of view, they may not know exactly what the problem is. So they're talking about something and I will be listening intently. I'll be looking at the body language. I'll be sensing the energy when they're speaking. Are they suddenly sounding more animated or are they suddenly sounding slightly down? You know, do they look like they're sort of upset or do they look like they're really happy and I'll be picking up and looking at all of these things and then pulling on various words that they might use and you know if I have a gut feeling about something then I'll ask a question in that area it's so it's from my point of view it's learning to trust your gut because you can hear things sometimes um that they're not aware of but the more you then ask a question and they think further and this is where the silence works you let them think further, um, they suddenly start thinking, okay, I see what you mean now. But there's loads of techniques. I mean, sometimes you can have, um, like visualization is something that I use a lot. I've had people who say about their energy levels and and that's affecting them. And one, one you know, sometimes it'll be something like, well, what, what do you, how can you visualize that certain people find that helps the most and i've had people say well oh the battery symbol on my phone and for that for them having that in their mind if they were feeling their energy go down they could visualize that battery symbol and then make it pump it back up to the top and this is where it's so specific to the individual and it's so it's them who have to come up with it so the person who came up with that one that's what worked for them. It might not work for somebody else. And some people are better at visualizing things than others. So some people would prefer to talk it through. Some people like that visualization. Um, metaphors, you know, quite often somebody will say something and they'll say, oh, you know, I think of an example. Um, oh, it's like, I don't know how to get to the top of this hill. I feel like my legs, I'm walking and wading through mud. And that maybe something they'll say, it's happened, actually, somebody has said that to me. So I'd leap on that because I say, especially if I've 
understand the person by this point and they're use they're using that visual method so i say okay well what's this what's the hill look like how big is it and they'll describe it and you'll say okay well what what do you need to do to pull one foot out of that mud that's holding you and they sit there and they they're sort of stunned they're not thought like this before but for some people that's the key to make them think oh hang on yeah i can actually pull one leg out and then when we've got one leg out we can think about pulling the other leg out and when we've done that we can think about how much further up the hill we are and what else do I need to do to get me to the top of that hill so it's so individual you know you're, you're literally reacting to what that person says it's really interesting how you make it very practical in terms of like how you start to think about it which again like I said it's simple but you're right it's about trying to find that kind of pinpointed thing that someone needs to work on yeah completely and that's where the transformational bit happens because you know if you say to somebody you need to up your gym you know we want you to do x number of hours a week now if they understand the reasoning why they are much more likely to to do it if they think you're just picking on them because you don't like them they're going to resist they're going to get fed up so it's if somebody said something like that, I'd be saying, well, well, I did an example, for example, somebody say, well, coach keeps picking on me. And I said, well, okay, why do you think that? Oh, well, they ask me every day what I've done last night. What? So I might say, well, okay, why, why do you think they're doing that? So short answers, I'm asking short questions, but I'm making them think and give a longer answer. Yeah. So there's, they may well come back and say, well, you know, they just want to know if I'm out late or if I've been to the pub or I guess it's this or I guess it's that. And I might say, well, okay, you guess it's this or you guess it's that. Which is it? Is it true? Are they asking that? Or is it what you think that they're asking? And usually the silence at that point as they start sort of thinking about it and they'll go deeper and deeper and I'll hold that space and hold that silence and that forces them to keep thinking about it. And that's where I say it's a good exercise for people to try because it's so easy. to You want to jump in and you want to say something, but you can't because if you do, it's not them coming up with the answers. So they then will think, oh, actually yeah maybe it's not so you'll say well okay well what else could it be then and they may eventually come around to thinking well actually they're just interested to know what i did last night but if you're anxious and stressed and wondering if you're going to be picked that week anything anybody says to you can be taken in a very different way you know that their level of stress is high so they're thinking, okay, that they think they think I'm not they've not had enough rest this week, or I've been out too much, or whatever. They don't want to play me. Whereas actually, that all came from an assumption. Yeah. Whereas in reality, the coach was just simply passing the time of day and saying, "Oh, what did you do last night?" But do you see what I mean? It's how quickly somebody can spiral downwards, yeah. in a way of thinking. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because again, like one of the last things I kind of want to ask you is around. There's loads of work with the individual. We sit with the individual, but how do we manage the external stuff outside that? So 
you could be doing loads of good, great work with me, but then my coach, my physio, my assistant coach might be working with me in a total different way. So I know you, you mentioned right to start around developing an environment. What would that kind of look like to manage external things? Well, that's where the 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 it's the whole process. Yeah. Because we're we're looking at the the individual, not the player, or not the medic, or not the physio, or you know the coach. We're looking at the whole person and how they function in life, not just in work, because that's the key. It's it's every single part of their life makes a difference. So the more you understand yourself, the more you understand how you work and what works for you, the more you can break down any problem that might arise and deal with it differently in the future. And you don't actually, I mean, in an ideal world, I'd say, oh, everybody in the club should have coaching so that you all know, you know, you're all working to your best of your abilities. You're all understanding each other. You're all communicating beautifully with each other. You know, and all everything in life is is wonderful. But, you know, reality is not really going to happen. However, you can take a few people within a club and they go through that personal development because that's that's all this is. It's personal development. So it benefits anybody, whatever you're doing. So you can take a few of those and you do get a filtering up and down and sideways effect. So those around will also benefit because suddenly people are listening slightly better or they're talking slightly more or they feel like they're valued more or they feel like they belong within this whole culture. It's a culture within a club is, is very important because you'll only get people giving 100% if they feel that you believe in them 100%. And I think that's that's a brilliant way to end it. Thanks, Anna. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Oh, great. Thanks very much, Lewis. It's been great talking to you. Thank you.